All right, what is up, everyone? This is Primetime Kansas City, and on today's episode, we are back. Uh, we took a little break. We have a lot to go down. NBA free agency. We skipped the whole NBA Olymp- or men's Olympics basketball. Yeah. Um, Fuck the Olympics. All right, there's John's take on John's it. take on the Olympics. We have some NFL free agency news. We are free a- uh, NFL training camp news that we can get to. And then the Royals really just suck, so we're probably not even going to mention them. So there's the Royals talk. Other than other than that, let's get right into it. Uh, NBA free agency. Jackson, this is your category, so just take it. Yeah, well, um, there's a lot to get into here. Uh, John John's Clippers, I think, did pretty solid in it, getting Reggie Brock Jackson back. Getting Reggie Jackson back on a – uh, honestly, like I was surprised nobody fell for that playoff run and gave him like seventy million dollars. Yeah, well, t- so you go ahead. I, the thing I just wanted to say is I was worried he was going to get too long of a deal from the Clippers because he's pretty old. Um, and like that type of the main thing that players demand now is years, not necessarily money. So two years, twenty-two million is a good flyer to take on a guy that has only had a good four-month stretch. So, I overall good business for the Clippers. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought somebody was for sure going to give him four years, 60, 70 mil. And oh yeah, I yeah. can't believe the Knicks or the like the Magic didn't offer that. They might have. He might have just not have gone there. And but. it wouldn't have been necessarily bad business for someone that wants to contend now. Because if you think you can get what you got out of him from that playoff run again for mm-hmm. maybe one to two years, then it's probably worth it because he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm happy with the Clippers as we're talking about NBA, and we got Justice Winslow, who's kind of cool but not very good. So just can't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at Reggie Jackson got a five year, eighty million dollar deal with Detroit before he went to the Clippers. Yeah, actually, that, that was, was after year, he did really well with he the got what, Two years, twenty two million. Yeah. So, go, props to the league for not falling for that like three month stretch of good play. Happens all the time. Is um, so I think the, eligible for a contract. Campaign signed a contract. What did he sign? He, he signed three years, nineteen. That's it. That's all he got from this playoff run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have thought he would have gotten more. I, th- I think teams are starting to see like the. I think the two thousand was it the sixteen or fifteen all uh, free agent class scarred a lot of people when Mozgov made like eighty million. Uh, yeah. Who was it? Luol Dang oh, made no, like eighty million. Still, like, Didn't Roy Hibbert like, get a ton of money ago. too? There, there was one year where it was just like every single deal was horrible, and so I feel like teams are just like, <laughs> like they've been like, to all come right, back down to reality. We've got to chill out. But on the these fact things. the campaign still is making nineteen million dollars in three years is pretty impressive. Like before that, he might have made like ten million in three years. I don't know. Yeah, I mean he's gonna. Like it's a great contract for the. It's a great money. contract for the Suns because he's a very reliable backup, good backup player to have, and, and on a very good deal for himself. And uh, in but, games one and two against the Clippers, he was better than Chris Paul played all playoffs. So probably, yeah, you might have no, to. No, not even probably. Like they would have lost that series of campaign didn't turn into Chris Paul for both those games. <laughs> that might be true, but uh, going into a team that I think had. It's hard to say. I think they have an argument to say they had the best free agent class or the best Wait, free agency was the Chicago was Bulls. Oh, I was going to say yeah. the New York Knicks. The Bulls, the to me, were risky. improved the most out of any team. To 
upgrade a point guard and Lonzo over Tom Sad Sadoravsky, however you say that. Thomas Sadoravsky, yeah. Yeah, that nobody. Um, and then to get DeMar DeRozan, I mean, that is a big – those are big pickups. And not, now you're talking about starting lineup of Lonzo, DeMar, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vukovic. And that's on a team, not to overshadow, that has Kobe White. They took Patrick Williams a year ago. Like, this team is starting to become – a team in the East that's going to probably be in that top six, five category coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else to say, but yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, I know, I know John, uh, Thomas uh, Bulls fan was not very happy about the, uh, what's it called? The Lonzo, the Lonzo trade. I, I, any I could Bulls fan is, I think, I think they should be excited about it. Lonzo's only gotten better. He's For not getting million. I don't think it's a terrible piece of business for a guy. That how many you years know is it? Four or five? For you. I think it's four, but even then, like I think, I think it's a solid deal. Five Lonzo, years, eighty-five mil. I would have. Been Lonzo happy. is overhated. Let's be honest. I I know his his dad kind of put that on him, but he is completely overhated. For you know, he came in this league at what nineteen, and last year you know put up a solid year. And I think you look around the league, how many point guards are like in the next four years would you sign that are going to be in the next four years better than Lonzo Ball? I don't think it's a ton. I think there's definitely a list of them, but I don't think it's an overwhelming amount. One of them's De'Aaron Fox. No, he probably will be. He's already on a contract. He probably will be. I'm saying though, you know what I'm saying? Like in four years from now, the Bulls are going to have Lonzo. He'll be a lot better than a lot of teams point guards right now. I disagree. I mean, where would you put Lonzo Ball right now? Probably, in, probably fifteen to twentieth. I'd put him. I put if him fifteen. Oh, okay. I probably put him fifteen. I probably put him halfway. I mean, you got to think of it. He's like, yes, he's been like a meme with his shooting and stuff. Last year was a really like underrated year for Lonzo Ball because the Pelicans didn't go anywhere. Dude was actually Justin. pretty solid. He okay. put up like fifteen a game, solid defense, and the one thing where people all you know. He was a bad shooter. Last year, he shot 80% from the free throw line. Would you like to know where Lonzo Ball landed in player efficiency rating? Where? Among point guards? Yeah. 28th. I mean, yeah. Per is, you know, that. did better. I would take Lonzo over Cameron Payne in a heartbeat, though. I think when you're looking at potential, there's still a ton of untapped potential in Lonzo. He's 23. Would you He's rather have this in four years? Would you have Damian Lillard in four years or Alonzo Ball in four years? In four years? I mean, for the next four years, Damian Lillard, years. if I'm a contender. In four years. If I'm a contender, Damian Lillard, a million if percent. If you're the Chicago and, Bulls. And, yeah, in Damian four Lillard. Years. Yeah, Damian Lillard. Okay. I mean, but that's such an unfair comparison. Damian Lillard's the second best point guard in basketball. That one's closer. I think Alonzo and Drew Holiday honestly have a I lot of similarities. I think they have a lot of similarities. Yeah, in their no, players. Okay, why would you take Drew Holiday, Josh? Do you because, really like? Okay, he's he's slightly better than him now. Also, you want to talk about inefficient? Look at Drew. Oh Holiday. my god! And and yeah. he's like what thirty? Like, why 31. would you want to have the guy that's going to be old versus the dude that? I thought he was like twenty-seven athletic. to be honest. But no, wait, no, he he's, he's a little bit better than Lonzo right now. I would say he's probably like. I, I know 2K ratings are not a good way to evaluate someone, I'm but not just to evaluate put, it off of 2K. To put it in perspective, like you're talking like an 86 versus like an 83. No, in probably. four years, I would say, I would definitely say there's probably going to be around 10 to 15 better point guards than Lonzo. I mean, we'll see, but I'm just saying the deal is not terrible. I think, especially now that he's going to be on a team with 
you know, that should compete, it's going to be better for him. He's been kind of put in an odd situation in his career. Started it's off not with be him. It's, nobody's going to worry about Lonzo this year. It's going to be Zach Levine. Can he take that next step? Can Vucevic take that next step? Like it's it's going to be more players than just what? Lonzo. To okay, worry about. let's just not let Josh talk about the Bulls anymore. Okay. <laughs> oh, so you're okay. telling me when yeah. you're watching a Bulls game, you're going to be more worried about Lonzo Ball than Zach Levine? Lonzo Ball is going Dude, to be the ball distributor on that team. He is just like you. Just as much will be watching his. Who do you think has a bigger impact on the Bulls, Levine or Ball? Right now, Levine, but in, in that's what I'm saying. No, in in literally, if he improves I'm not, this year, it can but let's be let's be very awesome. clear. Zach Levine's been there for how many years now, and they've exactly. won nothing. I'm just saying, like, so he, I feel like I know as good as he is. You really think that there are more eyes on Nikola Vucevic though than there are Lonzo Ball after he signs that contract? <laughs> as, as Flight Jack- would call Nikola Vucevic his high school principal. Uh, <laughs> Jackson loves Flight. It, that was pretty funny when he when he saw Nikola Vukovic make the All Star game this year. He goes, "Who is that? My high school principal?" No, but uh, the Bulls. Yeah, I think they made a major improvement. I think another team, not to be too biased, that made a major improvement with the Miami Heat. Uh, you bring in Kyle Lowry. It's an upgrade over Goran Dragic for basically uh, PJ, nothing. PJ Tucker. You saw how impactful he can be even without putting up much stats. Uh, Mark Beef Morris is going to be a nice depth piece. This was a team in Miami, though, that really didn't even – they weren't in a terrible spot anyway. Chicago Bulls were in a spot where they needed to add some big names. Miami, I feel like with you get a guy around Jimmy and Bam like Kyle Lowry, and then you add a few depth pieces. The Heat should be back next year competing like they were last you two years ago in the Jimmy Butler's four-year $184 million. Century. It's ballsy, but I would rather – As a Heat fan, have, did you like it? I like it in the sense that you have like, okay, you're going to pay him $50 million when he's 36. Will he be worth that? Absolutely not. But it's better to do that and overpay him for the last year of his deal than lose him for like three years that you could have had him. Especially because teams or players like Kyle Lowry primarily want to come to the Miami Heat to play because of contenders or because of players like Jimmy Butler. You know, if it was just Bam Adebayo, I don't think many guys like Kyle Lowry are showing up to Miami. I think you've kind of got to just realize, like, yeah, this is going to be an overpay. Same thing the Suns did with Chris Paul. They're going to be paying him $40 million at 40 This is going to be an overpay down the line. We're aware of that. But, you know, it it is what it is. Sometimes you have to overpay for a guy. It's for the best interest in your team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a team that I want to talk about is the New York Knicks. Okay, yeah. You're high on them. I am, which is kind of crazy because I wasn't high on them in the in the playoffs. But I feel like this Knicks team could be pretty pretty good. Why? Why? What did they do though in this offseason that you think made well, I mean, them that they much up better? Julius Randle. Okay. But I mean, did they bring in anybody other than? I mean, they brought in Kemba, but Derek, did they bring in anybody else that really is yeah, going Derek to? Derrick Rose. They brought in. They resigned Derrick Rose. Yeah. And then I mean, when you have Derrick Rose. Julius Randle, and then now Kimba Walker, Mitchell Robinson. I mean, this team has to be good. I mean, like, you'd think that you they'll be think. just as good as last year, if not better. Okay, but then you also have to say, is like, what are the odds Julius Randle returns to Earth? Like, I feel like they're extremely unstably built. They could Julius Randle had a pretty bad postseason as well. When things 
actually started I mean, to matter. He was not as good. Quickly, kind of go off in the playoffs. Manuel quickly was a nice piece for them, but they're kind of point guard. They got point guard depth up the ass now with quickly D Rose and Kemba. Interesting to see how that's going to work out. Uh, again, I just they could be a solid team. I don't doubt that. I bet they make the playoffs. I yeah, don't think I know. They're a contender. I think if they didn't get, I don't think if they made any moves this offseason, I don't think they would have made the playoffs. Like, they they know, just like the thing in the NBA is, and it's always going to be like this: is it's the one league where you have to have a superstar to win. You cannot win without yep. a superstar, and they don't have one. As good as Julius Randle played last year, as good as Kemba's been in his career. As good as Derrick Rose is playing now in his role, none of them are superstars. Good for Derrick Rose getting the bag, though. Three oh, years, no, 100%. Million. He, he's act, I mean, he's a pretty damn good player. I mean, I mean, it's good to see that he, you know, actually still is – he'll never reach his full peak, but that's fine. He's doing what he wants now. He's doing, you know, pretty solid in his own role. Point is, the Knicks don't have a superstar, and in this league, you're not going far without one. You're just not. So I think there'll be a first-round exit again potentially well, they could I mean, maybe I make it like, to the second round. I feel like when but, we're talking about that, I feel like the Knicks making the playoffs is good for them. But they just did that. Like, so what? And did you see where, how crazy New York was? Like, I'm just saying, like. I know, I but I'm saying, Knicks like, yes, you Knicks. made it. But the goal is to get better and improve and go further now. You Like, last year was a big success for the Knicks. They made the playoffs. But now – now the expectation isn't going to be make the playoffs. It's going to be, all right, now we want to win a playoff series. Now we want to go further in the playoffs. They, I feel like they didn't do enough to do that. I feel like they have not done enough. They have not made enough moves for that to happen. Who do you guys think one team that fell apart this free agency that needed to stick together? <laughs> Oof, that's a tough question. Uh I think a lot of the teams that fell or apart were kind of the team that didn't make a move that needed to make a move. Cause I can tell you one right now, the Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks, yeah. man, they, Are, they were if second they're trying for, to lose Luca. They were doing a really good job at it. That was Kyle Lowry's second team too. That's kind of, that, that was his, he was going to go there. If he didn't go to Miami, I know Drogic is a name that's being thrown out there to go to uh, Dallas. He wants to go to Dallas, but yeah, I mean, you re-signed Tim Hardaway. It's not a bad deal. He played pretty well in the postseason. Uh, but, man, Luka needs, needs – if last year's any indication, he needs a number two. He doesn't have a reliable number two. If he has a no- reliable number two, the, the Mavericks are beating the Clippers in the playoffs, no doubt. They took them to game seven as far as they could. They had the Clippers on the brink of elimination with primarily Luka just carrying the load. If they can get him another guy – man, the Mavericks would be scary, but they failed to do it this offseason. Did you guys feel like the Warriors needed to make a move this year or this offseason? I, War- I thought the Warriors did fine. I think bringing back Iguodala is a nice move. Obviously, he's been there. Um, you know, I think a lot of their development, a lot of their success will be on, one, if Clay Thompson can come back and be the guy that he once was, and two, if James Wiseman develops. James Wiseman a year ago really, I mean, I'm not calling him a bust or anything, but had an underwhelming rookie season. If he can develop and Golden State has a big man like that, whew, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the West. But no, I'm not overly, especially with their cap space. I think the best, listen, they got Curry on a max extension. That's the best thing they could have hoped for. Yeah. Jack, or John, who do you feel like a team that should have made a move? Yeah, is- I'll be honest. I like, really have not followed much NBA free agency this year at all. Did not have a ton of interest in it. And, yeah, I can't be bothered by teams that aren't good, but I do agree. 
Dallas 100% is the obvious answer because they oh, were – Oh, I got one too. You knew needed a player and they didn't have it. Who do you have, Jackson? The Pelicans, bro. Oh, How yeah. do you lose Lonzo for Thomas Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young? When you know that Zion Williamson is frustrated with the organization, like you should be doing things to get players around him. Zion, I feel like he's not talked about enough. Obviously, he was like the most hype prospect coming out of college we've like seen since like LeBron. But the dude last year averaged 27 a game on 60% shooting. That's like basically a rookie, basically his second year. He only played 24 games his first year. That's basically his rookie year. It's absurd, and the Pelicans are doing their best to fumble this guy. They've let go of Drew Holiday. They've now let go of Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram reportedly kind of wants out. That's one of the rumors there. I do like getting uh, what's his face, Jonas Valanciunas from the Grizzlies. I do think that's going to be a nice pickup. I think he's better than Stephen Adams. But then you traded Eric Bledsoe in the process, so you just keep throwing these good guards out the window. I I don't get it. I just. David Griffin is an idiot. We all know that. He lost LeBron. He's going to lose Zion. I, the Pelicans might have fumbled the back harder this offseason than the Mavericks. Yeah, uh, no, you're not entirely You're wrong. not wrong, but I think the Mavericks definitely screwed up bigger. The The Mavericks have a close – I'd say this. The Mavericks are closer to competing than the exactly. Pelicans, and they have a and they have a bigger – and I don't think you know Zion's much further down than Luka, but Luka's unbelievable. Yeah, the, but I – I will say that if they did actually disgruntle Zion by not signing anyone and that leads to them losing him the same way they lost Anthony Davis, then it's been a more disastrous one for the Pelicans. Because you don't look at the Mavericks as an active danger of losing their their franchise piece, but like the Pelicans by sitting on their butts absolutely did that. So he was Zion was frustrated uh... reportedly coming into free agency. Like, he was not happy coming into this free agency period. If you're in New so, Orleans, I mean, why would you be happy? I mean, the Pelicans they, haven't done anything. They squandered their coaching search. They already fired Van Gundy after one season. So now you're bringing in another coach, the third coach in three years for Zion. I'm sure that's not making them too pleased. And you shopped out all of this talent. Like, you've had so much talent there, and you've shopped it away and haven't gotten great returns for it. He's... Eventually going to do the LeBron route, probably, and be like, you know what? I'm not wasting my career like this. I'm out, and they deserve it if it happens. Developing news in another sport. Uh, the White Sox have gotten back Luis Robert. Mm. He's yeah, it's kind of impressive how good they've been without. Wait, I know what? he's back I now. I thought he had, like, a season ender. Yeah, their medical staff is, like, in crazy. Is crazy. Like, <laughs> the White Sox just went to number one in power rankings, in my opinion. Man, yeah, we can talk about it. The MLB trade deadline, we can shift into that. Yeah, um, that was also a good way to shift out of NBA because we just spent yeah. 18 minutes talking about it. Hey, I mean, trade period's a big, busy time in the NBA. But, yeah, moving to the MLB trade deadline, man, was it – I think that was the most jam-packed we've seen in a long time. I can't recall one that we saw that many big names moved. Uh, I'll ask you guys this first of all. Who do you think – and don't bring in who do you think the best team in the MLB is, but who do you think won the, the trade deadline? That's not even the Dodgers. Yeah, that's that's. If you get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, like I'm sorry. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's kind of. They also got Danny Duffy too. Yeah. Assault. And Danny. Yeah, who will probably not even be a starter. So. Yeah, he'll he'll probably just be a god reliever. Which he's going to go from our number one starter to their like third number best bullpen guy. Seven yeah. reliever. <laughs> but. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. The Dodgers had the best trade deadline. I mean, that's unbelievable. I will say the Nationals killed it, though. They got a shit ton in return from the Dodgers. My God. I'll they got like some, I'll tell you the team that got something really good. Who's the that? Chicago Cubs. Yeah, they got, they had a they nice... got the number one prospect from the New York or the San Francisco Giants, I'm pretty sure, in Joey Bart. They, they got Joey the Bart. They did all right, too. They had some pickups. Yeah, they got Joey Bart. Holy hell, I did not know they got Joey Bart. Yeah, like the Cubs, they did not want to give up uh, Chris Bryant without for a pretty penny. Well, the Cubs killed it in general. The Cubs did what the Royals should have done in 2017. And they sold everything. They traded Baez for good prospects. You guys know? They got... I was just they got Nick Madrigal for Craig Kimbrell, who, if you don't know, is like a 23-year-old second baseman from the White Sox who is basically like Whit Merrifield, but at 23 years old. It was unpissing real, the return that they got there. Like, yeah, these guys that you're losing, you're definitely going to have to rebuild now, but oh, no, that's better than what the— still on Triple A San Francisco. Okay, I was about I, to say. ESPN I literally showed it on their on their. Tour. I thought they were—I was about to say, there's absolutely no way they gave up Joey Bart. But regardless, uh, yeah, no, the Cubs killed it. I love that they sold. I love the Twins as well. Getting Austin Martin from the Blue Jays. <laughs> Are you kidding me? For Jose Barrios? Like, they got an unbelievable return for that. They These teams are doing what the Royals should have been doing the last few years, but Dayton just refuses to trade, which makes no sense because most of the trades he does, he wins. I God, it's frustrating to talk about it from a Royals perspective. But these teams, I think the Twins killed it. I think the Cubs killed it. The Dodgers clearly killed it. Nationals killed it. Uh, in, in So far, the Yankees have killed it. Ever since acquiring Gallo and Rizzo, they've been no, on a tear. No, this has been killing the Yankees, COVID. Yeah, now Rizzo's out with COVID. But, <laughs> I mean, he's been tearing it up since he and got now, there. Of course, they're playing the Royals, so the Royals are about to get shut down with COVID. Yeah, hopefully but, not. No, hopefully did you guys know uh, MLB updated their top 100 prospects and Daniel Lynch and Ace Lacey are 19-20? Interesting. Daniel Melendez Lynch definitely just, improved his stock by being quality in the bigs, though. Yeah, Melendez is uh, top – or not top 100. He's a AAA now, though. They moved him up today. Oh, they, they did? Mm-hmm. When that he got the He got the call to, yeah. this morning, I think. Yeah, they did update it. Bobby Witt moves to fifth um, because – Franco's out why now. Why not? Literally, why, hey. why not? <laughs> Rush. Bobby Rush Wood Jr., I don't know if you guys saw. Dane Moore says it has been challenging not to call him up pretty much these past couple weeks. With how I'm sure it has been. because Why not these... do it? Just do it. I wouldn't mind seeing him for the final month of the year. It wouldn't kill me to see that. I'm sure, I'm sure they're kind of looking for a spot to put him, though, because of – when Mondesi comes back, yeah, Nikki well, Lopez, Whit Merrifield, come back? Like, did you guys know Nikki Lopez leads the Royals in in war? In F war, yeah, Fangraph war, yeah, he does, which is a little by, different than by, just. Wait, no, I'm pretty sure but, he leads yeah. it in war too now. No, F war, F war, and B war are different. It's kind of confusing, but they're different. He leads us in Fangraphs war. Baseball reference war, war is Perez. It doesn't make much sense, I know, but. I guess it's calculated differently somehow. Anyways, yeah, no, Nicky Lopez has been on a tear this year. Got to give credit where it's due. That dude has improved an ap- uh, unbelievable amount this year. He went from being an automatic out to – He went from being a, a person to toss into a trade to I don't want to trade him. Yeah, no, I I would not mind having Nicky Lopez around for the, re- for the next uh, 
what the next run of this team when we start to How rebuild. Old is he's, Lopez? he's like 27, I think, 26. So it would not be the end of the years world. Old. Yeah, no, it would not be the end. Of, I he's definitely upped his stock this year. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see with Bobby Witt coming up where they yeah. put everybody. Well, uh, I don't Bob- know if you've been seeing, but there are reports Bobby Witt will now be going in the center field. Center field? I don't know, man. I'd like to see him play well, short, to be, be honest. He's trying out center field. Okay, well, if he I'd like to see short, him play short. That means Nicky or Mondi won't be there. Good. <laughs> I, I at this point, I was the biggest Modesty fan ever, but it's over. It's no, guys not I'm still the even Dayton admitted no, it was over. Dayton even pretty much said it was over. Dayton admitted it. He literally said they asked him, "How can you rely on a guy like that? You can't. You can't. Like, straight, you can't. Like we, Dayton we, has we, basically verbally just we yeah, didn't they, fumble any bag. He fumbled the bag. No, we. Modesty has all the talent in the world, and that's what pisses me off because it's so sad to see him like this. But yeah, D- Dayton's at least being truthful there. You know, he's being transparent. Okay, but what has he done to be all the talent in the world? Like what? We uh, and Edward Oliveras. I'm sorry, but Mike Matheny. We're going all over the place. Edward Oliveras has been killing it, and Mike Matheny has not started him in the last two of the three games. I am not starting tonight. Have you not either. gotten sent back down yet? No, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No, but this is the longest. I, I have been team since they hired him. I did not like the Matheny hire, and it just gets worse every day for me. Yeah, putting like, Dozier in the Mike four Matheny, hole. The four. You're putting Dozier at cleanup, batting like one ninety. Hire Mike Matheny this offseason. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be mad. I would. I would, I would be I would loyal be ass guy. I would be absolutely. I'd be floored if I they would did be that. shocked, but I would not be mad. I wouldn't be mad, but. Also, was this like I see people, and I know we're going a little bit all over the place, but it always translates back to Dayton Moore being a dumbass. I see people blaming, and it's fairly, they're mad at Greg Holland for blowing games. They're mad at Irvin Santana, Wade Davis for playing like shit. Be mad at Dayton Moore for employing them. It's like they're shit. That's that's obvious, okay. But eventually, you have to realize that and be like, damn, these guys are not good. They are losing us games. Maybe we shouldn't pitch them anymore. Like, where does that not come into the equation for Matheny and Dayton Moore? I do not understand. Literally yesterday, thank God we won that game somehow. But Holland did his best to blow that game. I don't get it. Why on a team that clearly is going nowhere are we still pitching Irvin Santana, Wade Davis, Greg Holland? It makes literally no freaking sense why we still pitch them. I, yeah, I, can't I mean, you, I, I can't give you a good answer. There, it's, 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 and why are we pitching Mike Miner? Why is Mike Miner still in the rotation? I don't really think he is anymore. Like now that we're we have a six man rotation, Mike Miner will be traded or will not be on a royal by this time next year. Guarantee it. Oh, I, I pray to God he is because if they just go through this contract with him and get nothing in return, I'm I'm gonna go into a deep depression. So I'm. Why it, do you it's, pray to God that he is royal next year? No, that he's traded. Oh, that because. He should have been traded this year. Let's be honest. He should he should have been gone. They should have traded Carlos Santana. They should have traded Whit Merrifield. They should have gotten. Do what? we have a Santana they, on a one or two year deal? He's on a two. Okay. But like, why not just trade him now? Because next year, this time, is he going to be your first baseman? No, he's not. Exactly. So, so why not just do it now while you actually have value well, instead of what? What I think we'll see what will happen is. I think we'll see Carlos and Nick Prado go off and on again with DH. Okay. <laughs> the one thing I do want to say is 
the Royals could be not awful next year. And right. it might be not the worst idea in the world to be betting on Nick Prado. Yeah, I agree. I would uh, agree. I think I think what would make the most sense for this team going forward would be Prado at first base, Salvi DHing, and Melendez catching. I don't see why okay. that would not stop, be the vision. Stop going high on Melendez. What do you mean him. stop going high on him? He's been a beast. There's this reason the he just got called up today. Good. He's insane. This is the first year that he's been good. It's the first year Prado's been good, and you're betting on him. Not What's really. the difference? Yes. No, I was going against your point because you're like, why not trade Santana? So I said, probably because they want to have Prado and Santana go off and on again with DH in first base. Thank you. You could have Salvi and Melendez go off and on again with catching. Like, what's the difference? You could do that easily. And you would take time off of, first of all, Salvi, it is completely overblown. He has not had a good year defensively. He has not. He's had a great year at the plate, had a terrible year behind. He's got a yeah, great year hitting, terrible year fielding. He has been atrocious. Melendez He's the is, worst out of every catcher in framing. Literally, I know it's a weird stat, but I, they do measure that. By far the worst. He's worst in defensive run save this year as well. Who? It is clear he's declining at catcher. Uh, they Salvi. could easily bring up Melendez and have them either split time or just make Salvi a full-time DH, put Prado at first, ship Santana off, get prospects. I don't understand the vision. I don't understand – there was a point in time where I just was like, you know what? Dayton's got us a World Series before. I'm going to trust yeah. him on these moves. This time I'm was three, let two him. months ago. <laughs> I was, you know, I was patient with him. I wanted, I, he'd done well before. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. I just, at this point, this team is going in 4,000 different directions and none of them make sense. So I'm done trusting Dayton. Okay. I'm completely floored. Do you really think what we've done this year has been, okay, here's the deal. I don't love Dayton more, but. Has it been that bad to where we need to like? We should be a 500 team this year, John. I don't think that much of notable things have happened, and we've gotten better. Like, what what has been so terrible? That's I, I don't think it's been that awful. Why? I tell you what's been terrible. One, not trading Merrifield at the Andrew deadline. Luck. That was bullshit. Not trading Merrifield at the deadline was bullshit. Easily should have happened. And I know I, and it's not okay. Because, but why why do we want to trade people if we just know we're gonna get shit minor leaguers back? Because you don't, don't know that. That's the whole point. How they, we, did we acquire from a trade? Like, Dayton's nobody. killed it in trades before. It's not like this dude has gotten fleeced very often. He literally this past offseason brought in Ben Attendi for Franchi Cordero and Khalil Lee, who both have done nothing on their other teams. Yeah. he's. You're talking about when he traded Granky. He got Kane and Escobar. You're talking about when he oh. traded Will Myers. He got Shields and Davis. That that is, a, that is like anything that period of time I don't care about. In the recent history with the current market of players, have we gotten shit for veterans at the deadline? Veterans at the deadline? No, for, uh, for good for Whit, for Whit Merrifield age or below players, have we gotten shit? No. Like, well, then maybe that's his fault, too. Maybe he is a shit trader as well. Because I'm seeing these teams around the league trade away guys and get tons of prospects. Do you really think Jose Barrios of the Twins is like worth a shit ton more than Whit Merrifield of the Royals? I don't oh, really yeah. think so. I don't think so. They're both on the same exact contract. They both expires after next year. I don't think so. Whit plays every day. Barrios plays every five days. You don't think we could have gotten a top prospect for Whit Merrifield, I 100% believe we could have. I don't think yeah, we I, could have with his age. 
I he's way older than Barrios. That literally is the problem. He's like thirty four or some shit. Like, which is why they should have traded him back in twenty eighteen or nineteen at the deadline when he was even better. But no, we had to keep him around because we wanted him to be a part of the yeah, next team that no, was going to win. No, that isn't even it though. We've shopped him hard. The reason we don't trade him is because nobody offers him shit for us. Like, I am perfectly fine with keeping wit around at the deadline instead of trading him for ass level prospects that we're never going to see play at Kaufman except for Brett Phillips one player we've gotten that we've viewed look at how that turned out yeah not not good I'm not saying that you're going to get the greatest thing in return but what I am saying is that I don't think you're going to be a winner in the Whit Merrifield timeline I don't think while you have Whit Merrifield that you are going to win I don't think you'll make the playoffs for the Whit Merrifield so I, that's why I just don't see Even the point in having him. Next year, you don't think we could theoretically get better next year? Improve? We could get better next year, but I don't think we make the playoffs. I don't th- I don't think this team makes the playoffs for another two, three years, I, to be honest. I, they could compete. I think they could get compete for like 500, and then the margin of error comes in next year with Whit Merrifield, especially if Mondesi becomes healthy. But uh, Listen, there's a lot of factors, thing. obviously, that go into it. But another factor that I wanted to bring up was that if you do trade Wit, you open up a spot for Bobby Wit as well, and I think that's also a factor you could look at. I don't at. think you understand what, what Wit Merrifield brings to this team. He can literally play any position. I understand that. That's why he's a very I'd high rather, trade. I piece. can't believe I'm saying this. I would rather trade Mondesi than Wit. You wouldn't get as much. So I mean, that's. I think you would get the same due to Wit Merrifield's age. I think when you look at look at what we gave up, would you trade Whit Merrifield? Here's the question: Would you trade Whit Merrifield for a Sean Manea type player? No, or no, yes, but nobody okay. for that up. Yeah, no one. Well, the, we did the same exact thing with Ben Zobrist. The yeah, same and, exact thing. Yeah, and we were oh, in the weren't we dude, in the midst of a playoff run? Was that run? necessarily the best move in the world? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, it was a pretty good. Yes, move, John. it was. <laughs> it worked out for both sides clearly. Which is why I'm saying you could do it like Sean that. Sean has not worked out tremendously for the A's. He's worked out a lot better than keeping Ben Zobers for the rest of the year would have. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He has been. I know that there was a team that would have offered that up to us because I feel like something like that would have been enticing enough. Over and one. I mean, year- that's what Dane Moore said he was listening for. He said, if there are very good offers, then I'll listen. Yeah, I just think, look, my point is, no matter what GM we had, I bet you they either would have accepted a trade for shitty players or they would have done the same thing we did and said, eh. If we would have traded Whit Merrifield, we are not getting a veteran player. That is the thing that we need to realize here. I think that's I, but I don't want a veteran player for Whit Merrifield is another So then point. why are you comparing Ben Zobers and Sean Manai then? Because that is... Sean Manai... No. What? Gosh. Sean Manai wasn't a veteran? What are you talking about? Sean Nia hadn't even made the big leagues when we traded him. He didn't? No, we didn't even start in the big leagues till 2016. That was his debut, which is my entire point. That you could tr- I don't know if the offer's on the table, to be completely honest. Like uh, it's impossible for me to say that. I don't know if any team offered us something like that. So it's hard to say. But if we did, if someone did and we turned it down, that's a big L on the Royals part. That is a huge, huge, huge mistake from the Royals if that happened, if they got an offer like that. And maybe I'm just low on the Royals. Maybe I think the third window isn't as close as a lot of people think. But I don't think they make the playoffs until 23, 24, maybe. Maybe. 23. I, I just, 
I don't see 2022 happening. This is 2013. Or this is 2012. People love to compare the timelines. It's pretty damn hard. There's no year you can use. Yeah, there's just, it's, it's very, very hard. I think what years were 2003 through 2000, like, (laughs) well, yeah, well, that was called, we're going to try. Okay. That didn't work. Revamp. Try. Okay. Nope. Revamp. (laughs) That was all that shit. But, I didn't know what we were doing in the mid 2000s. Oh my god, bro! The mid 2000s. I'm so glad we were not really. People complain about this era of Royals baseball. That had to be the worst era to live through. That this we complain really about Dane more. Yeah, we had morons running the show. Oh my god, I don't even want to think about that. But yeah, I think 2023, 2024, because we got to also think about when you call these guys up, they're not going to all of them produce immediately. Even look at Daniel Lynch and Jackson Kowar. Lynch has finally started to, you know progress but it doesn't just happen overnight you don't just come into the league and kick everybody's ass like it's gonna take time and neither did Hosmer neither did Moustakis neither and did I mean, Duffy. has been fully ass with a year under his <laughs> yeah no he has been he's got well, I mean to, to be honest Brady Singer has now just gotten one full year of MLB service time exactly and he's ass still <laughs> I mean he hasn't been good yeah that's that's true he's probably been he's definitely not worse than Kowar but we don't know Kowar yet so I, I'm more excited about Daniel Lynch than Brady Singer. I'll say that after what we've seen so far. Uh, yeah, I just think, you know, it's kind of we're going in circles with this that you well, we you guys are more on the team of we couldn't get enough for Whit Merrifield. I'm on the team that getting really anything for Whit Merrifield is better go, than just losing him for nothing. You take a step back, to be honest. I just don't think we're going to make the playoffs with Whit Merrifield on our roster, which is why I don't see the value in not trading him. If we're at the deadline next year – and we're not in the playoff race, and we don't trade him. That is the dumbest shit I've ever upset. seen. Then I that is the upset. dumbest shit I've ever seen. If they do that, if they at the deadline next year are like in the position they are now, or maybe a little better, and they don't deal him, I think we got to go to Kaufman and just break into Dayton's office and fire him ourselves. I think we've got to do it ourselves. I maybe have to fly a. You remember like when they fought over the Chiefs Arrowhead Stadium when they had the plane that said "Fire Pioli." We we might have to do the same thing. I mean, it. I, I know it's a very high hypothetical thing, and it's kind of going off the rails. But I'm kind of pissed off. So there's that. All right. Uh, I mean, we don't really have much time to get into another heated debate. Nope, not really. Football's so, coming though. Chiefs play Saturday. Coming. Yep, they play the. 49ers. So we got one month exactly from today till football season starts. I'm not even counting and- one month from today because I'm getting. I'm going to watch the game, but do you know how hard it's going to be to watch the Buccaneers and the Cowboys? Easy, like, bro. I, I watched. I hate both teams. There's it's nobody. The first game. But there's nobody in the NFL or its history I hate more than Tom Brady. So it's easy for me. I just root for whoever's playing him. Yeah, but... And I bet on Tom Brady every time because it just seems to always work. Tom Brady and, for MVP, if you know. Yeah, and I cursed him this year. Tom Brady for MVP campaign has it's going to begin. I'm gonna curse that motherfucker. Right. If age can't get him, I can. On him, like, are you kidding me? He is the curse. <laughs> oh man, I yeah, I'm excited though. You know, football season's the season where I think we do our most podcast, do our most, you know, most of our shit. So I mean, I'm excited. More structured, like talking about the Royals. Like, we'll actually have a good team to talk about. Yeah, so that will also help. Yeah. All right, well, other than that, this has been Primetime Kansas City, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Peace.